I think we're good. I think we're ready. I think we've started. What are we good for? What are we good for? To record an episode of this unqualified a video game podcast. But we're not unqualified a video game podcast. Ah, that's the twist. See, it's a story. What a twist. What a twist. What? It's a story. What story? It's a story that that now has a twist. Who? How is... What? Huh? Our, huh? Our, huh? our story has a twist. The twist is that we are no longer going to be called Unqualified Video Game Podcast. Is that a twist? Or is that just a, uh, I don't know, something normal? I don't know. You're rebranding us, listener. You're rebranding us. I don't know if that's true. No, we're rebranding us. So, um... But hello, welcome to episode 50 of Unqualified, a video game uh, podcast, where I'm Cody, and John somehow shoehorns himself into my conversations with you, listener, and interrupts my train of thought. To be fair, if you just sit here talking to yourselves, um, it would be about a... 15% 15% less quality show than when I am here. So I at least add some percentages. You, you do add percentages. I cannot, I literally cannot argue. What? Well, I literally will not argue with you about that. Yeah. I'm sorry, you were saying something before I interrupted your train of thought? No, I wasn't saying anything. So we're winning. We're winning the game of podcast. Are we? It feels like it. I feel like a... We do have 60,000 listeners. I feel, I feel like a winner then. That seems like a winning number. I also think that might be an exaggeration. Uh, what, the listeners or the fact that this is the 50th episode? Actually, neither of those things are exaggerations, I guess. Yeah. So, what are we doing? We're recording an episode of Unqualified. No, the, the grand scheme of things, what are we doing? You were starting to say... We have re, we are rebranding ourselves. Uh, and, and, yes. And listener, the reason we're rebranding ourselves is because we love the name Unqualified, a video game podcast. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, all, all of, of us. us can agree. We love the name Unqualified, a video game podcast. The problem is that if we ever wanted to expand... Our- what what is wait hold on your your phone your headphones just, just shit on me. Uh, Here's what I how hear. About, uh, how, how about now? Is that better? You're better. Okay. So uh, if we ever wanted to expand outside of just the realm of podcasting, um, which I have been dying to do, but God, Cody will not get on board. So yeah, that's exactly how that's it how, goes. That's how it's been going the this whole time. So yeah, um, we would need to change the name because if. You know, you have a website, if you've got some sort of interactive forum or something like that, and you're just unqualified, a video game podcast, the name, no, it ceases to make a lot of sense. So, we're changing the name. Is that accurate? To, to what? Yeah, to what? I, I was I was waiting for you to tell me what we're changing our name we to. We are changing the name of this podcast to Unqualified Gamers. Are we? I thought I thought we were going to be uh, Unqualified Game uh, Fight-A-Cast. So that was this okay. So that was the second name in the running, and we yeah. were close. It was very close. Uh, but um, actually, uh, our super fan uh, Jamie Butterworth, who we will be hearing from later in this episode, by the way, he suggested 
an amalgamation of unqualified and podcast. I think it was uh, uh, pod game unqualicast. Something wait, something like that. Podified and yeah, podified unqualicast or something yeah. like that. I liked it. It was it was clever, but it's hard for people to. I think it was there was some. Stupid minor it's, issue I found with it because I like to poke holes in things. There's a problem with uh, the ability to both uh, pronounce it and spell it and have it have any actual meaning. So there's just a actually, there's a couple of issues with that particular name. Still clever. Yeah, no, it's still clever. But uh, aside from all of like all of the other things that are wrong with it, um, it's perfect. It is. It is perfect, and we thank you for that. And for other listener suggestions that that we did receive. Um, we got some other good ones. I just, I don't really remember them because, I, I, what, what? Because you're the ho- you're what? the host of a video game podcast. Because why should I worry? Wait, am I allowed to sing just that much without getting a copyright um, lawsuit filed against? We're us? not getting paid for this, so I don't think it's an issue. Uh, That's what my okay. lawyers tell me. Okay. Uh, actually, our other friend John also suggested we add an umlaut over the Q in unqualified. Right, and and uh, and I have absolutely no idea how you pronounce that after that, after an umlaut. Yeah, that's true. There's right. Uh, Jamie also came up with the suggestion unqualified douchebags, and that it was third in our running. Um, but the problem is that we are incredibly qualified to be douchebags, so. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be qualified for anything in particular when we're doing this podcast. That's true, and I, I just double checked. It was Unqualicast Pod Gaming that he recommended. Right, I think, which is frighteningly tempting. Is it? Would you agree? Would you? Would you agree? Are you literally frightened by that? I'm terrified. I'm terrified. Okay, that so could, yeah, that, we're John. Both yeah, both John and I were terrified by how good of a suggestion that was. It came close, but then we lost the gamer part. So we need to have gamer in there. So we're just going to be unqualified gamers. Because literally every other amalgamation of fewer than four words that include the word gamer have been taken by other people online. Like, I thought gamer danger would be a great one. But gamer danger was already taken by somebody on Twitter. So, you know, we can... We can... We can... We can... We can... We can't, you know, you know what I mean? You thought Gamer Danger was a good one? What is wrong with Gamer Danger? Gamer Danger. What is wrong with Gamer Danger? What does that even mean? It's, it's clever. It's a, Why okay, is so that clever? Because the words rhyme? Yes! What about Gamer Mamer? That's pretty good too, right? No what that doesn't make gamer sense. Gamer no Damer. One would, first of all, no one has, knows how to spell Gamer Lamer. Or no, lamer gamer. Lamer. That's a good one too. Those words rhyme. They don't rhyme. No. Gamer danger. It's because it's a play off an existing phrase like stranger danger, but we're gamer danger. Yeah, because stranger danger that danger that is something we want to be affiliated with. That's something that okay. You want recognition to be. To, you you definitely want to be associated with a feeling of stranger danger when people okay, associate so, you with something. That sounds legit. Jamie often guests hosts another podcast called Gamers at Large, and I think that is a great podcast name. I, I'm straight up jealous that they have it, Gamers at Large, because it's like saying Strangers at Large. No, that's not but... a saying. Strangers at Large is not a saying. I agree. Okay. Gamers at Large is a good name, but it's not a play on anything. 
Yes, it no, is. No, it's not. There's no strangers but, at large. There's something at large. It may not rhyme, but it's... No, no, no. At large is the phrase that that is... It, it could be anything at large. C- uh, criminals at large. Sure. That's one that it could be. But it's the best one. Yeah, it's pretty good. Look, I'm not denying this. I agree with you. And I, I want... I wish we could have hijacked another... Uh, as you call it, quote-unquote, phrase, and added gamer to it, or changed a word to gamer to make it catchier and easier to digest. But I, I, don't, I don't speak the English language. I've got it. Rape culture what? gamer. Okay. It's perfect. Uh, I, just, <laughs> I just want my kids back. <laughs> I just want my kids back. So, um... Listener, thank you very much for joining us. Um, if you, if this is your first time here, uh, this is first of all, this is pretty standard. Uh, second of what's pretty standard the amount of bullshit you and I do on this podcast. Second of all, um, you found our way to the fiftieth episode that we have done of the show, which um, I have never been this committed to anything in my life ever. That's true. Yeah, ever. So um, I think that that is a, I think that that is a testament to to us. Um, never been more committed. To how much free time you have? To anything ever in my life. Okay. Okay. Uh, to how bad you are at committing to things? Uh, no, to this podcast. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm just, I, I don't understand the moral, I guess, of this story. I'm still going to try and brainstorm more names, by the way. It's set in stone. We've set, it's recorded. There's nothing recorded... you can do. It is recorded. I know that, but I well, first of all, I'm the editor, so I could edit out any mention of unqualified gamers because I while I like unqualified gamers, it isn't a play on stranger danger. And I think that that is I think at the core of what our listeners want and 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 if I may put words in your mouth listener, yearn for is more stranger danger in their video games. I mean, how how can you argue against that? I guess I can't. I mean, I maybe I am out of tune with what our listeners really want. Sure. So what were you just saying about um, tooting your own horn and how much better you are than everybody else? Do you want to keep going on that track, or are you almost done? Uh, no, I think I'm pretty good. I think I, uh, I think I definitely have said my piece. Said my piece. Okay, cool. Then we're going to start a brand new segment. Are you ready for this uh, segment right now? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. It is called Googling English Idioms and uh, replacing a word or adding the word gamer with it. All right? Okay. Now, he, he, this is important, okay? Here we go. All right. No man's land. How about no man's gamer? Huh? Nope. Okay. Hit the jackpot. How about hit the gamer? That... That's even worse. I mean, how about Gamer Plus? Like Google Plus? It, it's like Google Plus. It, that and that's that's the first thing because people will say, "Did you say Gamer Plus?" And then the immediate response from everybody will be Google Plus. And here's what that accomplishes: Google Plus is our favorite social media channel, so that automatically it 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 puts in the listener's mind that they should go look for us on Google+. Plus. Think about that. No. 
Yeah, no, that's... Here we go. How about get a grip? How about we call it gamer grip? <laughs> we'll give you a grip on video games. That's the tagline. And you're the one that carries this show? You. All right, how about get my drift? How about get my gamer? <laughs> you realize yeah. these are these are getting worse. How about get the ball rolling, get the gamer. So, I don't rolling. I don't I don't make a lot of requests on this show. Uh but I'm thinking we should nix this segment. Are you sure? I think I think this segment should be done. I think we should put it to rest. It worked well for the first it never worked. It never worked a single time. Uh, but I'm glad we tried it because you have to You have to try new things. Okay. There's one there's you gotta give me one more. Okay. Wake up call. We'll change it to gamer call. No, wake gamer call. Wake <laughs> That is That's perfect. perfect. It is it stupid, is stupid and, ridiculous and ridiculous. And your headset, and your headset is pissing, is pissing me off, me off again. again. It's not. It's literally not even plugged in at this point. Yeah, you, I actually. You can hear me. Now I can. Yeah, it's plugged in. All right. Well, uh, listener, thank you for uh, allowing me to debut and conclude the newest segment on this podcast. Uh, now we will. Uh, what do we? What do we do now? Do we talk about our weekends and then do we talk about what our listeners played and then we? What happened? And that's then? typically how this goes. What's how it what goes? What you just said is the typical order of things. Of in what context? Of how this podcast goes. You're acting We're like you're acting right like you've now? never done this before. We're podcasting right now? You are you're acting like you've never done this before. Oh my god, this is so exciting. What are we gonna call our podcast? So you and I are human, I think. I don't know, you're I'm starting to question you, but you know I'm a cyborg, I, and you know that's actually true. Yeah, you and I – actually, it kind of is, isn't it? Um, it is Yeah, true. it is kind of true. Uh, and so we have weekends where stuff happens, and we just had one. Well, I, I have weekends. You sometimes have days off, but then crazy things happen to you anyway. Yeah, that's how it goes. That actually is kind of how it goes. So what did you do over the weekend? Oh, you want me to start? That's what I, that's what I just said. I, Usually you start with something that's impossible to follow, leaving me just kind of hating you a little no, bit. No, I'm going to I'm gonna do that after you talk this time. Oh, okay. That way you don't, ha- Great. you don't have to follow something incredible. Fantastic. So I won the uh, Nobel Peace Prize. Um, God, every I was, time. You know, every week. I was in Africa, and I was helping starving children. What? They don't have prizes in Africa? Okay, so what did you do? I what did I do? I uh, so Monday is not part of the weekend, but we're gonna say it was. I went to AMC River East Movie Theater in um, Chicago to watch the Day of the Doctor, which is the fiftieth anniversary episode of Doctor Who. Now I heard about this, and there's some good overlap here between Doctor Who fans and video games. Um, did did they just make an episode and air it, or was this like a movie? No, it was an episode. I mean, it was it's a feature length episode, so it's like an hour and a half or so. And you and went you underwater, went underwater again, again, again with your microphone. What's going on with your mic? I don't know. It's giving me problems lately. Look, the point is, is my question still stands. So they they basically made like a Star Trek movie, right? Uh, no. 
Okay, well, that's, I mean, that's what a Star Trek movie is. It's using the Star Trek characters to make, like, a, basically all Star Trek movies are a feature-length episode of Star Trek, right? No. They have a way bigger budget, too. This was just an episode of Doctor Who. It just happened to be longer. I'm still, you're still not, not... I see. I see what you're trying to say. You're trying to say that they take a TV show, they just make an episode that's longer, and that's a movie. That's not what they did with Star Trek. Isn't they, it? No. The production quality is completely different. They don't use TV cameras and makeup and sets. They use movie cameras and makeup and sets. But the and they change things. are typically about what you would see in the plots of an episode of Star Trek. I mean, the plot is similar to something you would see in an episode because it's driven by the characters who are the same characters as those in the TV show. Is that not what this Doctor Who special is? Yes, but it's it's shot like a TV episode, and it only had a limited theatrical release one night only in select theaters around the country who know that they can make a boatload of money off of people who are obsessed with Doctor Who. So, you're obsessed with Doctor Who. But most people watched it on the TV when it aired on Saturday. Yeah, and so how was it? And it won a world record on Saturday for the most viewers watching something at the same time? Because of, of, the, some... because of the airing at movie theaters? No, 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 because Monday they aired it at their regular primetime spot Saturday night in England, which is 8 p.m. or something. And they aired it at the same time on BBC America. So they aired it at the exact same time with no delay across countries. It's something like that. I'm, I'm really just talking out of my ass. I don't know how accurate any of this is. But I know they won something from Guinness Book of World Records for um, this. So it was good. It was really good. Have you, how much Doctor Who have you watched? I watched like the first five or six episodes of the first season. You're the worst. I don't know why that's the worst. I could have said it's I haven't the best. watched anything. It's... No, you because if you hadn't watched anything, then you'd have an excuse for not watching more. But you started it and you didn't finish like you did with The Last of Us. And I just, you, if you were committed, if you were as committed to useless forms of entertainment as you are to this podcast i didn't then we'd have we'd have more to talk i about. didn't really like it all that much you are insane yeah so um it i guess it wasn't you know my favorite show ever when i watched it you are wrong can we just agree on that yeah you're yeah wrong. no i mean we you're can wrong. agree that's fine sure okay all right cool so you're wrong uh it is um I mean, so, art, like, artistically, probably Breaking Bad is the best show I've ever seen, but Doctor Who is the best show ever in a different way, and it's, uh, it's, I can watch an episode and feel better about everything, no matter what, anytime, any episode. That's really cool. That's good. Uh, yeah, it's, it has an emotional effect no other show is able to do, and it's, it's odd, because it's not a deep, like, philosophical, insightful emotional, it's just something about it is just magical i don't know what it is but it was awesome i went with some friends i brought my sonic screwdriver my 11th doctor sonic screwdriver it sounds like this and that clicking sound was me opening it because it gets bigger right okay yeah i'm with so you there's that I smell no, I, I smell what you're stepping in yes that's not a wait a minute 
gamers you're stepping in. Huh? So you did that on Monday. I did that. And the rest of the weekend, I, I didn't do much, but I did. I wrapped on the web series I was shooting. So I'm no longer needed on set, which means I will have more free time in the next couple of months to record more episodes of Mac Podcast. Uh, how do you think Book it turned out? Pro. What turned out? I said, how do you think it turned out? I don't know. It, it's funny. You can shoot magic, and if the editing is not done well, then it is no longer magic. Did you think it was magic when you shot it, though? The shooting, what we shot was hilarious. Good. If the final product falls short, I will probably blame it on the editing and any other people I can find that, to blame it on other than myself. Is that why our podcast falls short every week? Because of the editing? Right. No, it falls short because you are on it. So, good for you. That's good that the... the how many episodes is that going to be total? Like eight, nine? Uh, I don't know. Great. See. I didn't. I didn't read the scripts. I just showed up. <laughs> like halfway through shooting, they were like, "What's your line here?" And I said, "I don't know. I'm just making it up." Good. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, what have you been playing in your real life this weekend? So I went to. Uh, I was actually in your neck of the woods this weekend. Uh, well, that's right. You were here. I, yeah. I was. Uh, Chicago home sweet home. And I was visiting some friends there, and if, listener, if you've been listening to the more recent episodes, you will remember that I said that my my true love, video games are a love, and they certainly are a love, but my, my true love is board games. So when I, was in, uh, when I was in pharmacy school, I made some very good friends in Chicago that uh, are also obsessed with board games, and so we have a very deep connection. And uh, I go and visit... I go and visit my buddies there, I'd say twice a year maybe, and spend about four days there, and we basically just play board games the entire time. So this was one of those uh, biannual visits, and uh, it was, you know, board games the whole time. Um, actually had a friend drive down from Madison to play a board game with us one night, um, my favorite board game of all time, Twilight Imperium. So he came down to play that with us, and that was really great. Um, that's also my favorite Zelda game, Legend of Zelda Twilight, Twilight Imperium. Imperium. That's true, actually. That's, that might be my Crazy. favorite as well, actually. Mm -hmm. um, so so anyway, uh, we did that kind of all weekend. And to give you just kind of a scope of things, we started Twilight Imperium at 6 p.m. on Saturday night. We got done with Twilight Imperium at 5 a.m. on Sunday morning. So it was an epic, epic space conquest that was just a lot of fun. Um, and that was, you know, that was the big bulk of my weekend. I mean, very, very little video gaming done. You know, I did some, when you're traveling, I did fly. So when you're traveling, you get a lot of time to do kind of portable gaming stuff. So that is what I kind of immersed myself in, in terms of what I could play. But when I was there, it was all board gaming all the time. That sounds intense. Were you drinking as you played? You know, I, none of, none of the people that are there, drink all that much and i tell you what when you're board gaming for 11 hours i think i i think i drank like over the course of that one board game i probably drank 12 beers i think i drank an entire 12 pack but over the course of 11 hours it's nothing it's so it's completely social there's nothing not drunk at all after that you know what i mean no expound on that for me so it was good it was a good weekend and then i won a nobel prize in africa Okay, again, they have no prizes in Africa. Wait a minute. 
the Nobel Gamer Prize. And then every week we can say that our podcasts are winning one. Huh? Am I right? You know, the, the suggestions, I don't know how they're getting worse, but they're getting worse over the course of the episode. All right. Well, our listeners were also up to something this weekend. We always ask on Google Plus what you're uh, what you've been playing and uh, Justin said he was putting away Pokemon X for Link Between Worlds. Don't blame you. I also got that this week. I'm excited. We'll talk about that. Um and our our other big fan uh Nora Nora interacts a lot with us on Google Plus. So if you're listening, thank you for that. We really appreciate it. Uh, Nora always has really, really fun, interesting things to say and is always very positive about things. And uh, I just see the name pop up all the time on our notifications. And um, thank you for, for interacting with us. It's, it's really fun, you know, seeing your stuff and getting all that feedback and comments and stuff like that. So Nora says, uh, I'm really tired, so I might not get to any games. And I'm going to say sad face because that sucks. But uh, Nora did see Thor, The Dark World, and uh, is uh, was going to see Catching Fire also uh, this weekend. Now, I did not see Catching Fire, but I actually saw Thor uh, last weekend. But I talked about that last week, so we won't get into that. But I liked it, in case you missed my mini-review. Mini-review. Yeah, very, very mini, clearly. So uh, that's what our, our, our listeners were playing this weekend, which, interesting to me, no one mentioned... I guess a couple other uh, video game-related items have come out in the last two weeks. I guess Microsoft had something last week, and... Uh, two weeks ago, uh, Sony had something happen. Sorny? Was it Sorny? Oh, that had maybe that's what it was. Sorny did, okay. did have something that, that happened. Okay, so Sorny released something in, in Microsoft. So, uh, just kidding, listener. We actually do know what happened. It's... The Console Wars 2013. It's pretty ominous. And how do you feel about that, John? How do you feel about the Console Wars? Um, well, I feel like I'm playing lots of games on PC now. Yeah, me too. So, me too. So I'm feeling like I probably won't be getting one of these new consoles for a while. Me neither. I was actually... Uh... Looking at black, I saw some Black Friday deals, and you can get on the next gen consoles. You can get Call of Duty Ghosts for fifty dollars on Black Friday. Oh, that's down from sixty. That's incredible. Hey, uh, I hear that. Wait, hold on. Before you go into that, do you want to know how much I paid for Call of Duty Ghosts on Steam? How, how much? Forty-two. That's incredible. I hear though that you so had I, kind I, of an adventure when you tried to get Call of Duty Ghosts on the computer. Oh, oh boy, that was something. So, first of all, it's funny that I could get a game for almost $20 off on Steam when it's brand new, and you can get on a console for $10 off on Black Friday, which is supposedly the best sales of, of the year, even though we all, all of us who are consumer and marketing savvy know that's absolutely tr- not true in any way. After Christmas is when stuff goes on sale. Now, if you want a TV... February and March and after that is, yeah, that's prime time. So I got Call of Duty Ghosts. This was a couple days before I was going to get my 3DS XL. And I had an itch to play something. I've been playing Batman Arkham City, which John got me. But I had an itch to play something multiplayer. And my friend Will 
and I were texting and talking about, well, should we get it? Should we not? Like, do we want to make a $40 mistake? Because he has Black Ops, and the Call of Duty games mm, don't really evolve so much as just rehash the exact same stuff with new maps. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's a place for that, right? Uh, yes, yes. If you're really into the series, then more power to you, but there's... There's not really an overwhelming need to buy the latest and greatest one if you're happy with the current one you have. Which, I mean, I haven't played one since Modern Warfare 3. Sure. And uh, again, Will has Black Ops or Black Ops 2, which are relatively recent. So actually, the last time I visited him, he was playing that game. So we didn't need Ghosts. But we saw it for 42 bucks. I haven't played in a while. So I'm like, you know what? Let's do it. So we got these from Green Man Gaming, which is a uh, a discount, I guess, uh, video game retailer slash deals, whatever. So just to give you a tiny bit of history on Green Man Gaming, Green, Green Man Gaming uh, appeared on the scene a couple of years ago. It only does digital stuff, and they used to have their own platform like Steam. So they used to... You know, they, they used to be have something called Green Man Gaming, like Capsule, I think is what it was called. And it was a program just like Steam where they did their own DRM, so you would have to open Capsule to play your games. Oh, okay. Um, they have since, I think, kind of conceded that that was kind of silly, um, just because Steam was so big. And people, I think, were stopping buying their stuff because they didn't want to have to use Capsule. They wanted it all in their Steam account. So sure. since then... I, I, I'm pretty sure, because I haven't bought anything off Green Man in a while, that they have kind of put the kaput on their capsule program, and now anything you buy on Green Man Gaming just gives you a code that you can redeem on Steam. But they will occasionally have bigger or different discounts than Steam or or some of the other digital markets. Right. The point, the point got... is, though, is you can redeem on Steam when you buy from Green Man Gaming. Yeah, exactly. And that is uh, henceforth, hence with uh, how there like, to we four. got the, There to four. Wait a minute. Four to there. There to four gamers. Right? It's like, a, it's like a two out of ten. All right. So Will and I get ghosts. All right. We buy it. Great. Transaction approved. Here's the download code. He pops his in, downloads it overnight because it's like 20 gigs. Uh, gets it. He's all set. I get the code and it doesn't work on Steam because it's 14 digits because Steam codes are 15 digits. It's five digits and then a dash and then five digits and then a dash and then five digits. That is 15. Five plus five plus five is 15. That is math. That is numbers. That is counting. That's relatively basic. It's kind of fuzzy math. Counting. But it's, it's math, it's I a, guess. It's a bit fuzzy, but certainly math nonetheless. And... They sent me a 14-digit code. It was five digits and then a dash and then four digits, which is not five digits. It's actually one fewer than five. Five minus one is, is four, but not five. Uh -huh. five, is, five is not the number four. And then a dash and then five digits. So, of course, I input it 12 times on Steam, and it doesn't work. Of course it doesn't work so because it's not 15 course, digits. Because it's not – hey, the, you are starting to catch on. I think You're I, starting to catch I on. I think I got this. Yeah. So uh, I immediately email them. Hey uh, – so I go to their website and I, I go to their support page and they have a specific page set up for Call of Duty Ghosts 
problems redeeming your key. It says, for whatever reason, we've had some issues with the keys generated when you purchase it. If you have this issue, please take a screenshot of this and this and email us, and we'll resolve it as soon as possible. So they know Great. that they have issues sometimes redeeming codes? Uh, for ghosts. Specifically for Call of Duty ghosts. Interesting. So there was like a, there's a specific post on their forums for this issue. Not on their forums, on their support page, which has, like, three articles from the last month. Wow. And the one from, like, November 6th or 7th or whatever, it was from a few weeks ago, uh, says this post specifically, Call of Duty Ghosts is in the title of this post. Wow. So I click on it, I see that, I'm like, okay, great. So they're aware of it, shouldn't be an issue. Email them immediately uh, with all of the requested screenshots, with all the details, uh, and I, I even point out, I think the problem is that this code is only 14 digits when Steam requires 15. <laughs> as if this and is something that they could not figure out as people that deal with codes. Well, when you go to Steam to redeem a code, Steam says your code should look like one of these. And one of the examples is the 5-5-5 15-digit code. Right. It's that. And then there's there's two other forms of code you can get from them, but there are much, many more digits. So they're different. So I even included that, and with a helpful suggestion, hey, guess what? Like, I'm guessing it's because I'm missing a digit. So I get an email back several hours later, and uh, this lady says, uh, we will look into this matter. Please send this screenshot, this screenshot, and this screenshot. I I had to basically screenshot my entire Steam account, pretty much, for some reason, and then send it to her. So I I got that, and I was like, okay, I don't know why you have to look into the matter. I literally told you what the problem is. If you can count to 15, or even even just the middle part, if you can count to 5, or, or even if you can only count to the number 4 and you know that the number 5 is higher than the number 4, you should be able to take one look at this with the screenshot of the email they sent me to confirm and know that there's a problem and I need a new key. So send it back immediately. Don't hear back... Don't hear back. I don't hear back until the next day I'm like at work and I'm like, this is this is atrocious. It's been two days now and I haven't heard. So I called their customer service. It was a very friendly man, very, very friendly, very apologetic. But he was based in California and Green Man Gaming is based in England. So he said, I understand the problem. Unfortunately, I can't give you a code. Did I he don't have count a... to the number five? He, I didn't ask him to. Because at that point, it was beside the point. The point was he didn't have any keys available. I said, can you just give me a key that works and then figure out the issue later? And he was like, I don't have those keys. Headquarters has it. It's like 3 a.m. London time. I'm like, okay, great. So the next morning, message them again, say that I spoke to their customer service person. Nothing happens, nothing happens. So at this point, it's been three or four days. My friend specifically got the game for us to play with each other. The, the only reason we got it is to play together because we were kind of in a gaming lull. And you're like 40 bucks in at this point. I mean, there's, they're not refunding you any money. They're just like, no, they're I, just like I, oh, no. we're looking into it. Yeah, I mean, if, I, if, I, if there had been another sale that popped up and it was like 45 bucks for it or whatever, I wouldn't have bought it because... Uh, you already bought it. I already bought it. So at this point the weekend is gone right so i think what was it yeah it was monday monday or tuesday night and i purchased it on wednesday night i believe it was wednesday or thursday monday or tuesday finally i'm at work and i 
have I've only done this once or twice ever, but I took a screenshot of the customer service message and my two I took a screenshot of my two follow-up messages saying, "Hey, it's been like 4 days and I haven't heard from you." Took a screenshot of it and I tweeted it publicly and called out Green Man Gaming. And I'm like, well, this is day five of me not playing a game I paid for. Thanks, at Green Man Gaming. Got a tweet back a few hours later, probably because they're in England, and the guy was like, sorry, I'll forward to our customer service team. And then the next day, I heard back from them. So it took me almost a, well, it would have been Thursday to Tuesday. So what, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Five days, five days to redeem a digital purchase. And it took you also calling them out on a public forum. Yeah, yeah. For them to reply. Uh, so I'm not very happy with Green Man Gaming. Now our good friend uh, Guy who has an extensive experience working for video game retailers. Uh, who knows more about the... He's the most qual. He's way more qualified than, than you or That's I. That's why he's not on the video show. Games. That's why he's not on the show. Um, but he's he really knows his stuff about video games. He said be patient and they'll do you good. So I guess he has faith in these guys. He's happy with Green Man Gaming. Uh, that's all well and fine. I just, in this day and age, for you to, I mean, it's not like it was out of stock and they couldn't replace it. It's a, it's a 15 digit code. They couldn't just like pull one up or contact Activision or do anything to get me a, I mean, it's not complicated. Yeah. I mean, we don't really know how the inner workings of that stuff works, but it does seem ridiculous to the layman. That, and, you know, maybe if there was a little more transparency, too. Like, if you had got an email that said, hey, this is the problem, and we're working on it. But instead it yeah. was just, yeah, we're, we're working on it. We'll get back to you. Send us these screenshots. Yeah. If, they had, yeah. if they had said, like, hey, you know, we have to, like, go get an extra code, and, like, uh, we have to submit this to Activision in order to do this, and they have to deactivate this other code or whatever, then maybe you could have been like, oh, that seems like a lot of work, but I understand it's, like, something they, they're working on. But they just kind of left you in the dark. I wouldn't have minded so much, but now Will is out of town for Thanksgiving. And I will... I'm leaving town. I will not have a chance to play this game until Sunday at the earliest, which is 10 days after purchase. And won't be able to play with him for sure until Monday, which would be 11 days after purchase. So it's just... it's When you buy a game digitally, it shouldn't take you a week and a half. And... Even if they knew this was in, like, even if they just looked at it and said, okay, clearly it's it's not good, why not just pay the money for a new code and then send it to me and then work out their backend stuff later, you know? It's like, let Activision, I don't care if Activision doesn't refund you right now, it's your job as a responsible retailer to give me what I paid for in a timely fashion, and then you work out the kinks. If there's if they give you the wrong code, then call them up. They'll give you your money. You can front me forty bucks for a week. They You're are a company. They already had their money from you, so they knew you wouldn't. They knew you were going to wait for it, right? And that that is, I don't agree with that. I agree. Hey, look, I'm not saying I'm not saying that it's right. I'm not saying that's the way to handle that. But yeah. like there, you know what. Other than you being upset and not ordering from Green Man Gaming again, which you probably won't anyway, what incentive did they have to rush that? No, it's true. It's true. And the which thing is, is I... it's really sh. Right? It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. So uh, I'm not saying that it's right. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. You have 10 days then that you just didn't get to play the game. And 
that sucks, but it's it, it unfortunately is a company being a company. Politics listener here on Unqualified, a video game podcast, or Unqualified Gamers, as you can now refer to us. Or Unqualified Tendo. Yep, it's getting worse. So, um, Or Unqualified Fantasy 13-2. I kind of like that one. Unqualified Fantasy 13-2. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. Huh? So, that's what happened with Call of Duty Ghosts. On the bright side, you did receive a 3DS XL, did you not? Yes, and then I got the 3DS XL a couple days later, which, you have a 3DS, right? I have an XL. Oh, okay, so we both have a 3DS XL. They are so awesome. They are. They are really awesome. Like, I couldn't get the uh, the 3D funk... I, do, you, do you have 3D activated a lot? You know, it really depends on the game. There there are games that seem to use it a lot and well, and then there are games that kind of don't seem to use it a lot. Like, mm-hmm. like, Pokemon doesn't use it all that much, and that was the most recent end game that I've played the most on the 3DS XL. And they really only use it for battles. And for me, it was kind of novel f- for the first bit of time that I was, like, playing and battling. And so I, I kept it on for a little while. But then it became... I don't know, it was the same thing over and over and over again. Uh, And they didn't really use it all that much after that, except for maybe some set-piece stuff. So I would turn it on occasionally for that. But for the most part, I've been keeping it off. You know, kind of save battery life. Yeah, that makes sense. So what about you? Off or in sleep mode? No, 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 I'm talking about the 3D off. No, I know, I just... If you really want to conserve battery life, just put it in sleep mode. And then you can play your games without worrying about your battery dying. I think part of the problem, though, is that when it's in sleep mode, you're not actually playing any games. Well, oh, but the battery lasts for a really long time. But the battery lasts for a really long time, and if you have, like, let's say you're playing Pokemon X or Y, and you play it for eight hours without saving, then if you start to play it in sleep mode, you don't have to worry about, you know, your battery dying and uh, you losing all your data. Yeah, I mean, we're lucky that not, not, nothing like that has ever happened. I mean, that's never happened to you. You found some other stupid way to lose your data. But the point is, that's a specific way you won't lose your data then. Right. So I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, I have been using the 3D for Link Between Worlds, which utilizes it, I think, extremely well. This is my first 3DS game, so I can't really speak to other ones. But uh, I think it, it does it really, really well. Uh, I like it a lot. It pops out. I have to slightly tilt my 3ds xl about 10 degrees to the left and i think it has something to do with like the symmetry of your eyes or the distance between your eyes i mean your your eyes are really f-ing goofy looking yeah so it could i mean there's one that's like too close to your mouth really so it could be just that it could be uh it could be the awkward positioning of your eyes and your face i mean okay well there's that uh, I do like the 3D in that, so I have 3D on most of the time. And you know what's funny? When I'm sitting at home and I try to play the 3DS XL before bed or, like, laying on the couch, it's hard for me to find the right position to switch on the 3D. Like, it doesn't quite it's, – it's hard for me to find an actual angle and distance and all that. But when I'm on the train, because I take the train to work, uh, just the Chicago the L, it takes me, like, a half hour, 35 minutes-ish – when I get on that and I'm sitting down upright, 
and I just naturally put my hands where I would naturally put them, it works perfectly. Yeah, I mean, you kind of have to, and I think that's one of the bigger criticisms, actually, of the 3DS, is that you kind of have to have it perfectly angled in order to make the 3D work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a that that was a criticism and has always been a criticism for it. And that I think is one of the reasons why Nintendo never they they said we we never want to make it a requirement for any games. Yeah, and I think that's smart. Like I, you know, the, there's that criticism. Would you rather wear 3D glasses while playing? It? That's the thi- like, that's the thing is when it works, it's freaking magic, right? Because yeah, you, you're not wearing any glasses or anything, and you're just looking at a screen, and it's completely 3D. I mean, yeah. when it works, it is it is incredible. It is really cool. So I I I, I wouldn't criticize. I, I'm not going to say, hey, I have this awesome technology that lets you see in 3D without glasses, which is basically magic, like you just said. Uh, oh, but oh, but you know, eh, I can't I can't hold it however I want to. Oh, I can't. Uh, it doesn't always work perfectly. So like, you know, no, it's it's called optics. People, look it up. Like, there is a reason why it doesn't work for every angle, and it's it's technology. I don't know if it's actually called optics. It Wait a I minute. I think that's called something else. Optic gamers. This sounds really futuristic. Too futuristic? We're pretty futuristic. We're cutting edge. That sounds pretty futuristic. Okay, sure. So, I like the 3D. I'm not going to complain about it because I'm not whiny like Destructoid. And was that a I shot? Critic- did you just take a shot? I think you took a shot. No, did I? I don't remember that. Was it a shot? I don't know. You you decide, listener. Maybe I took a shot at Destructoid because I don't know. They suck hard. Now what? So you've been played a Link Between the Worlds, and you're bringing have, but- you're bringing up uh, you're bringing up something that happened with this game. So the game came out to what I would consider kind of rave reviews. Um, gosh, a lot of nines, a lot of tens from all the big outlets, right? And then there, yeah. and then there was Destructoid's review, which was like six point something, wasn't it? I mean, yep, much it lower, much much lower than the other reviews that were out there. So I didn't actually read their review, but what were the criticisms that they leveled against this game? There really were no valid criticisms. I mean, honestly, like it, there were no valid criticisms. It, it was like, oh, it's kind of a, you know, the so. The big new game mechanic is you can kind of meld into the wall and walk around the walls. And so it, it puts your 3D character into a 2D perspective and, and you walk around. And I think it's it's interesting. And they're like, well, the first couple of times to do it, it's cool. But then it's really repetitive because it only serves one purpose. But, like, that's really stupid. It's It's a very fun – it's a Zelda game, so you know it's good. Because Nintendo's never made a bad Zelda game, and you know they're ever. you know they're gonna end up using that in more than I mean they have to use that in more than one way, right? I bet it gets and they do. I bet it gets used a ton of different ways. It does. It, it, at least you know. It, I mean, there are only so many things you can do with a mechanic that's essentially a movement mecha- mechanic. But they, it's. I never look at it and I'm like, oh, I have to sink into the wall again. Like to leverage a criticism like that is like saying. I don't like the lantern, so I don't think this is a good game. Like, it's just stupid. It's criticizing one component of the game. I don't know. It's, it's a stupid review, and Destructoid is stupid. 
I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, that's that's it's, giant it's over like over generalizations are the best way to talk about things. Typically, we've we've never done that. We've never made a generalization on this show, and no one who has ever listened to us would ever disagree with me. Yeah, I think you're probably right. So wait a minute, generalized gamers. So what do you think of a leap between worlds? I like it a lot. It's uh, it is. It's a Zelda game. A Zelda Does game. Does it feel like a Zelda game? I mean, is that... So, it is set in the world of A Link to the Past. Which, I don't think they've really done that before, have they? I mean, it's all, it's a it's a direct sequel, isn't it? It is. It takes place far in the future uh, uh, of Link to the Past. So, it takes place many, many years later. Same world, uh, all redone in 3D. Certain buildings are different, certain forests are different. A couple things are different. It's not like they just made everything 3D and that was sure, it. Sure, but if you are linked to the past fan, you will recognize a lot of the land, right? Oh, absolutely. I know where everything is. And there's a mini map in the bottom of the screen. Uh so you can get used to it. You can get pretty familiar pretty quickly. And I've explored pretty much the whole world map. The music is amazing. It's it's all the same music from the last game, but I I want to say it's a live trumpet playing most of it. I want to say it's live music, like recorded music, not just midis. It sounds really good. Like I always have my headphones in or the speakers up when I play it. Uh, the songs get stuck in my head, and they're they're really really good. Many of the sound effects are lifted directly from the original game, so the audio is that way. All the enemies thus far have been the same, but slightly varied and given a 3D kind of updated look a little bit. So, in short, everything feels very familiar, but very new at the same time. So it absolutely capitalizes on the nostalgia. I mean, the second you're using some of these items, it just feels really good. The second you're you're walking around certain parts of the map, you're like, oh, I remember this. I know it's here. That's cool. But then you see you know, rocks against a wall, and you're like, oh, I don't have the bombs yet. That's like a new cave I can go into. And you enter a, a palace you've been to before, but it's got different stuff on the inside. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. There's some new puzzles. But everything even operates and functions the same way. Like like the hookshot uh, expands and contracts very quickly in Link to the Past. And it does that in this game as well. It's not like a kind of slow shot, which I feel like happened in one of the Game Boy games or something. But uh, the items function the same way. The sound effects are the same. Uh, it, it's it's done a really good job of that so far. I'm not really far. Now, in the original Link to the Past, you collect the three pendants, draw the Master Sword, and then you rescue the six? Seven. Seven? The seven maidens, or the seven uh, sages. It seven actually sages. might be eight. I, think, I feel like I, it might be eight. I think Zelda might be the eighth, though. Yeah, you rescue the six to eight sages. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a. I have not played. And I, I to um to give you some context, I've not played Link to the Past in over ten years. That is incredible that that game came yeah. out that long ago. I I know I have not played since high school. Um, if that, I, I mean, I've played through it a, over a dozen times when I was little, but I mean, it came out when we were little. Yep, we were in grade school, I think. So. I've played through it a jillion times, but not in a very long time. Uh, so so it all feels very fresh. Um, what was I saying before I mentioned how long it's been? Oh, uh, yeah. Three pendants, and then you grab the crystals, and then you fight uh, the main boss. Well, this game, 
you do at the beginning, things are structured a bit differently. You do a couple errands, and then you have three dungeons that you, you go to before you get the Master Sword. So I've completed those, and now I have to get the Master Sword. So that's next for me. There is a new villain in this. He has uh, some motives that are kind of alluded to. Eventually he will turn uh, into Ganon. <laughs> probably. Of course. Uh, there are sages. The descendants of the sages are involved in this, and they are in peril. So if I had to guess, I would say the second half of the game is going to be rescuing these sages' descendants, which there could be six or more of. Not really sure. Now, they also... So they they have this... Uh... They have this first time thing where they've they've never done a sequel before, and this is a sequel. And if I'm not mistaken, I heard that they're also they've also done a new thing that they've never done before, and that you can do the dungeons in any order. Yeah, I think I actually did the third dungeon before the second one, accidentally. Well, again, I think you can. I think you're you're supposed to be able to do them in any order. So how does that work? So Link's house gets basically rented out by this traveling merchant, and he sets up a shop there. And he has all the items. He has the fire rod and the ice rod and the magic hammer and the hook shot and the boomerang and bombs. And he says, if you want to rent these from me, give me a one-time payment and you can rent them. And you keep them until you die. So I paid, let's say, 50 rupees for the hook shot. I have the hook shot now. I have the hook shot. I had it an hour into the game. I had the hook shot. A couple hours, maybe. I have the hook shot. If I die and get a game over... All of my items return to him, and then I have to recheck them out. Which is good, because it gives you a sense of, I really don't want to die in this game. It's also good because it, the game is not a cakewalk. The boss of the last dungeon killed me, and I had a fairy in a bottle, and then I was able to beat him. But I legitimately could not beat this boss without losing, like, six hearts. It's also it's also kind of cool because rupees have always kind of been at a... They've been everywhere in Zelda games, right? I mean... They're still everywhere. I have over 1,700 rupees right now. Uh, so you could buy stuff. I could... Well, let, let me just say, the most expensive items to rent at the time I last checked were the Fire Rod and the Ice Rod, and they were 100 each. So either I'm just pretty good at the game and I have an insane surplus of rupees... Or the game is going to get way harder and kill me more. I think what you're saying is you are the best player of Link to the Past 2 that there ever was in the history of the world. That could be true. That could be true. I think that's what you just said. Yeah, it is. Verbatim. Literally verbatim. is. Wait. Gamer verbatim. It's gone to the the point where it, it does not... It does not make sense anymore. Like it doesn't. Gamers, gamers, verbatim. I'm sorry, that was silly. That was silly to say gamer verbatim. Verbatim gamers, master verbating gamers, master reverberating gamers. That one's pr- ink. That one's pretty good. Ink. No, yeah. That one's pretty good. Or co ink or co LLC. LLC. LOL. LOL. LLC. L-O-L-L-C. So, there's that. Um, good dungeon design, this... good all that stuff, like a typical 2D Zelda game. Yeah, I like it. Dungeon design is good. Again, um, I mean, I'm getting hit by enemies pretty regularly. It's, uh, it's, it's fun. It's a Zelda game. It's fun. They did a good job. 
if you don't think they did a good job with the game and if you don't think it's fun, then you're probably an what uh, from Destructoid? Yes, what, who works at Destructoid? What uh, what was the last two D Zelda game that came out? Was that Spirit Tracks? I don't even know if that would count as two yeah. or as uh, as top down because yeah, I guess I mean it, it kind of it kind of is. Yeah, um, probably Spirit Tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's been a while since we've seen. Yeah, one. which which was considered a weaker one in this in the series. So you don't say. feel like they're. Okay, well they 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 are cashing in somewhat on nostalgia, but but for anybody who is afraid that this was just a nostalgia grab, you can pretty safely say you feel it is not, right? I safely say it's not. I think if you played A Link to the Past, you will be ecstatic with this game. But I think it's fun either way. I it's I mean, Nintendo doesn't make bad Zelda games. Really, they it's really just, they don't make bad games, but yeah, they, they don't make bad games. Yeah, they, correct. They do not make bad Zelda games. That's very true. However, they do make bad 3D Virtual Boy. Okay. They made Virtual Boy, so that's there's there you go. That's I mean that but, was kind of an experiment, right? So it's sure you know, was whatever sure was. But th- this is good. They, they follow a good formula. There's you know there's some humor in the dialogue. There's some humor in Link's mannerisms. Uh, it's. It's just well done. And now you have a handheld, like a new handheld system that is legitimately really good. Like there are yeah. so many good games on the 3DS, and I don't know if you followed or if you've explored the 3DS now, now that you own one. But there are so many good games on the 3DS. It's crazy how many good games there are on the 3DS. Yeah, I was on the Nintendo eShop my first night, and I could have spent, I could have easily spent a hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah, let's I mean, let's like, not. I, can... I mean, so the unfortunate thing is that Nintendo has still not jumped on board with this discount sale mentality that sells things so easily on Steam, as are other companies. They don't get it. They don't get doing these big sales. But it is pretty cool that you can buy everything digitally. But remember, Monster Hunter went on sale like a month ago. I don't think it went Cause... on sale digitally. Not to mention that it's uh... not a Nintendo game. That is a Cap. Okay, that yeah, that's all true. Capcom game. So true. Dis- discounts would be nice, uh, but yeah, I w- I'm looking on the store. I'm like, oh, hey, look, a Fire Emblem game. Hey, look, Pokemon X and Y, which I I can just sit in my living room and download, and there they are. Yeah, and that Fire Emblem game is supposed to be incredible. Really? Yeah, it's supposed to be amazing. Ugh. I made a wish list. It's extensive. And do you ever mess around with uh, Google with um with with Nintendo 3DS Street Pass? So. Um, you have, gosh, you have so much more opportunity to do it than I do. I, there was a period of time when I very first got my 3DS that I was carrying it around everywhere I went. Since then, I, because I drive where I'm going and I don't, I'm not in a big congested city like you are. I'm on the outskirts of the city that I live in. I don't get a lot of street passing there. When I first got my 3DS, I was getting like one a day. Um, but when I started doing it again, when I picked it up and tried to start doing street passing again a couple months ago, I went like six days without getting a single one. So I just kind of stopped bringing it around with me. But I would imagine since you take public transport, you probably get quite a few, don't you? I surprisingly probably fewer than you might think. Um, I got a couple yesterday. I've, I've gotten like five or six probably in the five days I've had it. So about, about one a day. And I, you know, remember I ride the train to and from work. 
But you work at a pharmacy. Couldn't you just bring it, set it under the front counter in some, like, nook somewhere, and then it would connect to your customers? I could, I suppose. Because I thought about that, because there's a Starbucks, like, in the Merchandise Mart, which is next door to where I work, and they have, like, a zillion customers every day. So if I'm working there and I've got one in my in my pocket or in my apron or whatever, then any customer that comes in and is standing in line would street pass me. Yeah, that's actually pretty true. That's true. So, I would, yeah, that could work out for you. I love it. I love it so much. It is the best thing. And, and listener, if you don't know what it is, it's anytime you're not playing your, your 3DS and it's just put to sleep, so you've just got it closed, anywhere you are, whether it's in your backpack, your coat pocket, or whatever, if someone else with a 3DS in sleep mode is near you, then you'll wirelessly trade your Miis that you created, and you could use them to like unlock achievements in like in Street Pass games, and use them to like battle in Street Pass games, and complete these achievements you get, like meeting people from other states and filling out your whole like map of Street Pass stuff, and you get to select a greeting, a custom greeting for people and it'll tell you what your name is and where they're from so like i just got jj from illinois i'm a big gamer and then his his greeting was like hello fellow gamer and it was like he has recently been playing pokemon x and he's like okay great to be in your team and now i can use him in a game designed for street pass and i f***ing love this yeah, and so that's what, and that's only one of the functions of Street Pass. So there's this, there's this inherent like firmware system level Street Passing that Cody's talking about now, where it's it's baked into the 3DS itself. So you could not have any games for your 3DS at all, and you could you could play these Street Pass games by Street Passing with people, but any game that a developer makes for the 3DS can also use Street Pass within the game. Now, these are, you know, these are trickier because you can't guarantee that people are going to be playing the same game as you. So like in America, it's a little harder to use these types of Street Passes. Uh, but in Japan, you know, where this system was I guess kind of truly meant for, um People are people are street passing all the time, so there's really good chances that you're going to be playing the same game as somebody that you street pass with. And, for instance, in a game like Etrian Odyssey 4, which is a game that I've played for the 3DS before, you can street pass and, like, you get treasure hunt kind of data from each other, and it opens up where to find specific treasures on, like, the world map. Okay. But the other person has to be playing Etrian Odyssey 4. It's kind of a niche, kind of a niche title. I think there's a very small chance that I would ever find somebody that was playing that at the same time I was. So, but but for big games like Pokemon, which I don't think actually has a street pass function, but for games that are that large, I think they could have some really cool stuff that you could do here in America, where you would get some. They traction. do it with Link Between Worlds. Okay, so give me an example of of what they do in a Link Between Worlds. So their street patch feature is that you you save your link with this uh, merchant in Kakariko Village, and basically you 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 kind of like create a street pass data, and it's it's a shadow link version of your guy. He has however many heart containers and equipment you have, you know, master sword versus regular sword stuff like that, 
and you choose two items from your inventory that you want to have equipped. And then when you street pass with somebody else, you get their shadow link and you can challenge it to a duel and collect a bounty. So I got a street pass of a shadow link who just had three hearts and I think he had like the boomerang and bomb equipped. And I fought him in this like arena battle and I won 50 rupees for beating him. That is so really some- cool. I know. <laughs> so if somebody street passes me, they'll get a link with five hearts and I'll probably equip like the hookshot and this weird wind item that's new to the game. Uh, and I'll just put those two on there and see what happens. I thought that was cool. That is really cool. Does, do you get do you get rupees if your shadow link beats another link? I don't know. I don't know how that would work. That's really that'd be really cool too. Yeah, because it just downloads. You know, like I I just got home one day and I, I was actually sitting on my couch walking over to the sanctuary in Link to the Past and there was a shadow link standing outside and I went and talked to him and it was like, oh, here's a shadow link you got from someone. Do you want to battle him? So I battled him. So it was cool and I got fifty rupees for it. So there you go. Oh, that's pretty neat. Uh, yeah, so I I love, love the Street Pass feature. It's a very good thing. And, and that is yet another, like, cool thing, layer they've added on top of Link Between Worlds. The other thing is I'm thinking it's going to be really hard to get all the heart containers in this game because there's a lot of mini, like, rooms and caves and dungeon rooms where they have treasure chests and they're rupees and not heart pieces. So I don't know where all the heart pieces are, but... I'm not finding a ton of them yet. And that's kind of cool. Right on. So yeah. Uh, highly recommend the game. Highly recommend a 3DS XL. I'm insanely addicted to Street Pass. Uh, it's it's like super fun. And I forgot to tell you, uh, Street Pass was actually mentioned. <laughs> we talked about what we did this weekend. I went to a Zelda Symphony. Did you? Yeah. Wait, you didn't know about that? No, I didn't know about that. Wait, you did? <laughs> what? I was doing this for radio. You screwed it all yeah. up. We're not on the radio. We're allowed to swear. So so you went to Zelda Symphony in Chicago, which is one you had done before. This was the Legend of Zelda Symphony of the Goddesses second quest, though. Okay. So I went that's twice cute. last year. It is. It is. See what they did there? Yeah. That's second cute. quest. That's cute. Yeah. Uh, last year I went in Chicago, and then I went in Ma- Milwaukee? I went to the Milwaukee one. Okay. And this was Second Quest, so they said they added new music, which to me meant Skyward Sword, because the last time they performed, it was it was still like a year or two old, but probably too new to play music from, because with all these games, they always include footage of the game over the, over the screen, like Video Games Live or the Final Fantasy concert series. Have you ever been to any of those? You've been to Video Games Live. I did. I went to Video Games Live, and actually I went to the Final Fantasy uh, one of the Final Fantasy concerts with the Black Mages. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you know they always project game footage. And um, so they probably didn't want to ruin anything from Skyward Sword. But Second Quest was good. Uh, it was most of the same music. The So listener, if you're considering going, I do highly recommend it. It's really good. They removed the fairy fountain music from the... Uh, from the show, I'm guessing because it is incredibly difficult repertoire for harp players. And I spoke with some musicians after one of last year's shows, and many of these musicians get the sheet music the day before or the day of the performance. Wow. Yeah, this is the Chicago Philharmonic doing it. So 
you know, a lot of professional musicians, especially involved in touring concert series, will get the music on very short notice. But for that harp piece, you know, how many gigs do harp players get? You know, with really challenging music? I don't know. I'm not a harp player, nor do I know any. I would guess not an excessive amount. I'm guessing they know their stuff and they they stick to a general repertoire they have. But I'm guessing a lot of concerts don't roll in and say, hey, be the featured harp player on this. And that theme was was noticeably not performed exceptionally well at at the two concerts where I saw it. It was good, and they, it was a great effort, and it was still pretty good. But this is coming from the perspective of a guy that used to be a music major, okay? So I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Like, I could tell if they had a wrong note or they're out of tune pretty easily. Um, they were not 100%. They were 95%, but, but I think they were too difficult. So they dropped that from the tour, and they added the Ballad of the Goddesses from uh, Skyward Sword. Some ba- I don't know, something from Skyward Sword. Uh, and it was good. It was overall, it was a it was a pretty good experience. But the guy uh, that runs the show went on stage and actually, after four or five of the pieces, started talking about Link Between Worlds before the they played the Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past movement. And he he pulls out his DS. He had the uh, the Link Between Worlds 3DS XL with him, by the way, and it had come out that day. So I thought that was kind of funny. Which is the same one you have. Yes. Yes. So he pulls it out, and uh, he's like, yeah, just playing Link Between Worlds. I'm sure a lot of you are. Got a couple street passes here. And he, like, read the the greetings from people's street passes. That's pretty neat. Which I thought was really funny. That's pretty cool. And he was like, and uh, one guy here's from Alaska. I don't know what you're doing here from Alaska, but thanks for filling out my street pass. Really appreciate it. Never would have gotten that state in my thing. And I was really mad afterwards because... If you think about it, I probably could have street passed with like 500 people in that concert, <laughs> but I didn't have my DS set up at that point. That's true. So that was a miss. That was unfortunate. Uh, but it was a good show. So I, I've, I've reviewed it in. I, I do, oh my god, I reviewed it last year when we talked about it because our podcast is old. Our podcast is very old. My god. My god. Yep. Um. So now Thanksgiving is coming, and I'm going to play Link Between Worlds a lot during my weekend. And eat. You're not traveling, are you? And eat. No, it's actually my weekend to work, so I do thankfully you know, get Thanksgiving off, and I don't have to go back to work again until Friday evening, but that starts a long stretch for me. Mm. So uh, I won't be doing probably a ton of gaming this weekend, but I definitely will over Thanksgiving, along with eating a lot of food and sleeping and drinking a lot, because that's kind of what you do. It's pretty much perfect. It's pretty much awesome. Pretty much a perfect day. Uh, that's pretty cool. And um, you didn't play anything really this week, though, right? Well, like I said, I mean, I got I got some good uh, portable gaming in. Um, I didn't actually bring my 3DS because I'm still a little sour with Pokemon. Um, not to mention, I really need to like I need to buy another game at this point for it. Something else that's going to take up a good amount of time. Um, but I did bring my iPad and. A few weeks ago, it actually might have been a couple months ago, I reviewed a game called Year Walk. Year like uh, month year. So it's called Year Walk. Wait a minute. Year Gamer. And Gear Gear Gamers, I'm sorry. And one of the things that I talked about, and I remember very specifically talking about this game, is they did things with touch controls. 
that no other company was doing with touch controls. And it was oh, I remember that. super interesting and it was really good. And I said that if you were a gamer that was playing iPad games and you were looking for something a little more substantial and something that was really cool, you needed to get this game. Well, the company has come out with their second game. And their second game is called Device 6. And this game is completely different from Yearwalk and also just as kind of ingenious. And it's it's just as forward thinking in terms of a of a touchscreen with touchscreen mechanics. So the best way I can describe this game is it is a it is an adventure game. Um but it is a story, like a literal story, like a, a, a book story with text, right? So like lines of text and paragraphs and stuff. But as you are scrolling through the text, what you do with your finger, so you're manually scrolling through the text, various like puzzles and things show up in the forms of pictures and, and like it, it's so hard to describe this game, but as you're like moving through the text to read, like a picture will change perspectives in the middle of the, in the middle of the story. And you'll have to rotate the iPad to like go down. Di- like if a path diverges, it diverges as text. So like text will like veer off at a 90 degree angle to the left. And you can't scroll that way unless you actually turn the iPad but like say the main character is is comes to a divergent path in her story will she, where she will either be able to go down this corridor or will she be able to turn left and go go down like the steps you will turn your iPad to the left and you will scroll down that scroll down that direction and like a sound effect will play of her walking down the stairs and the story will go what is happening to her as she goes down into the basement and maybe that'll like loop around into a dining room, so you'll have to turn it again, and like it, it's like you're walking through corridors with the text, but it's all also a story. But then, as you are playing, you are you are encountering these various puzzles that are like legitimately really cool puzzles. That there have been ones where I've had to like take notes to to go back to to figure out. Um, and it's telling kind of a it's kind of a lost. Inter- like TV show Lost, Cold oh, yeah. Cold War esque story. So it's Wait, Lost wasn't in the Cold War. No, but it had Cold War themes about like like the the code that is being input underneath the that bunker area in Lost is that's like a Cold War era thing. So um, oh okay yeah. So this is this is very much that. Um, like it's it's about a a woman that just wakes up and she doesn't know where she's at and she's just like on an island uh and she can see another island with a lighthouse on it in the distance and that's like all she knows and she doesn't know what she's doing so it's kind of her adventure with that and it it is really cool um and again it's it's really hard for me to describe i don't i kind of i don't know if i did a good job but it's it is do it does things with the ipad that uh again no other game is really doing and it it really is it like an interactive is is an interactive of like a story thing as you can get it's just, it's cool it's really cool and ju- what's it called it's called device 6 and just like uh year walk i highly recommend it I think it's really cool so i will eventually be finishing it up and probably be able to have a little more to say about it but so far um it's it's 
uh, split up into chapters, and I think I'm through like four chapters, and I really, really like it. Awesome. So yeah, I mean, it's probably also for Android, though, right? No, I don't think it is. Hmm. I did. Your walk ever come out for Android? You know, I haven't checked because most of the games you play are terrible. Oh well, except Dark. Actually, you know, I I also got Dark Souls on sale. Oh my way. gosh, I cannot wait till you start to play that. I know you can't. I know you can't. God, you're so wet over that game. Oh my game. god, that game is so good. Uh, I know. So you never. So you've never checked if it's on Android. I don't know if it's on Android. No, you know, I I hit a lull a few days before I got my my 3ds XL. I was getting bored on my phone. And I thought about getting some Android games, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have Zelda soon, and I'm not going to need anything else. Yeah, why on earth would you buy at this point now uh, with that being out and that being a game you can play? Right. Why would you and buy I, handheld stuff? Yeah, and my one of my friends has Pokemon X and Pokemon Y, so I can probably borrow one from her. Yeah, there's a good, when, I'd say that's probably a good chance. Yeah, I don't know. She doesn't even know why. I'm like, why did you buy both? And she was like, I don't know. I felt like it. One's got a deer okay. and one's got a bird. That's that's why. It's true. But I, I also worry if, if I, I borrow a Pokemon game, then won't I not <laughs> want to return it? Um, Because you you will have caught them all and they will be yours? Yeah. Yep. I mean, isn't that, isn't that part of the appeal is playing through it multiple times and trading with yourself and collecting That more? is a definite... Uh, danger. It's a definite stranger danger of um, of Pokemon. Yeah. So I I may just buy it. And now I'm kind of torn between digital and hard copy. I like the digital idea since I've got Link Between Worlds digitally. But the big bummer is that the storage is so small on that 3ds XL, and so in order to make the digital stuff work, you have to get SD cards. Yeah. So and that, that, that's a uh, that's a bummer because it's basically at that point it's basically like managing carts because you're just managing your own SD cards then. Yeah, I don't know. Plus, that you can lend people your game if it's a physical copy. And now I know why people complain about Nintendo's download policy because right now, like, if I lose my DS, then I have to buy Link Between Worlds again. Yeah, isn't that silly? Shouldn't that follow your account? Yeah, it's it's dumb. It's very backwards thinking. Uh, I think to a degree, but I think. Based on the nature of the system, it would be really easy to scam them and rip them off. And I would just worry that that would happen too much. And the thing is that download is totally optional. All their games are available physically. So it's like if you don't like it, just get it physically. So I I, I, I think it'd be a nice to have. But when you're talking about a handheld portable system that you could just take offline, it's it's... It would be tough for them to regulate that and not get taken advantage of, sure. I think. So I, I'm i not broken up over it. I, you know, it's it's like, hey, we introduced an extra feature. You can digitally download. And people are like, yeah, but we can't do it the way we want to do it. So it sucks. And it's like, it's like okay, great. Like, Well, I'll tell you what the big problem is. The big problem is that you have a company like Steam that comes along and does it in like the most user-friendly way possible. And so anything that is not that, and rightfully so, anything that is not that gets criticized. Because if you've got something like Steam that does it, you know, perfect in what I would consider perfect for and and as user-friendly as it can possibly be, why wouldn't other companies adopt that knowing that that is what people like the most? 
Why would you? That. Why would you go with a backwards thinking model? It's it's silly, and yet there are companies that want to do that, and that it's just what it's. It's why Origin is a piece of crap on on the PC. You know the Activision thing because they the or I'm sorry the EA thing because they for so, they wanted to like grab at that money, but they don't do it the same way Steam does. So that's why that's why people are upset. People, if Steam didn't exist. If and Nintendo was the only way to do it, people wouldn't have a problem with it. But they have seen the light. The light is there, and it is good. Yeah, well, you and I have seen the light when it comes to cheaper games on Steam, which I'm quite happy about. But in the thick of this console war, we had we have a report. From out on the field. From out on the field. And, and this is not out on the field on Google+. Plus. This is out on the actual field. The field of battle. The field the, of war. The literal battlefield in the console war. And uh, our field correspondent, Jamie Butterworth, was out on the field. And he, we had him take a first-person look. Wait a minute. First-person gamers. The podcast. How do you like that? L-O-L-L-C. Okay. So we had Jamie go out, and he actually reported on the console. So he's is he a battle reporter now? Well, a combat reporter, I think, is what they Com- Is that what they call them, combat reporters? I don't actually know what they call them. There's a word for it. Military, uh, no, war reporters. Uh, conf- there's a word. There's a phrase. Someone find out that phrase, and we'll name our podcast after it. How's that? That sounds good. So... Here is uh, here is live audio of our field correspondent out on the field right now. Jamie Butterworth reporting in here for Unqualified, a video game podcast straight from the front lines of the video game console showdown between Xbox One and PlayStation 4. As you can hear, I'm standing in the blinding rain, clearly not in my bathroom with the shower running. And it's a mess down here. It really is. I mean, we're sitting here waiting for the Xbox One launch. Uh, PlayStation 4 uh, fans showed up with their unfortunately bricked PlayStation 4s, which they have melded into maces. So they came wielding these unfortunate weapons. And the Xbox fans, unfortunately, their, their only recourse was to fashion their old Kinect sensors into whips and bolas. So it's 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 nasty down here. I'm fearing for my own life. Oh God, no, no, get get away from me. No, don't come over here. Come on, man. Oh God, Xbox off. Shocking. It's pretty terrifying. Pretty terrifying. This is this is why we don't buy consoles. Violence, rain. No, but I do have to give it to some of those people. Kind of ingenious ways of using their uh, using their previous consoles. Yeah, I'm I'm a little uh little surprised at some of that, but you know, people are passionate. They'll do a lot of things. <laughs> They'll do a lot They'll of do things. do a lot of things. That was profound. You really you really captured the spirit of that. Thank you. How about gamers that do a lot of things? LOLC. Okay. I can tell you're not taking this seriously anymore, so we might as well just stop podcasting right now. Uh Listener, we're going to change our Google Plus name in the next week to Unqualified Gamers. And by 2014, we will launch a website. Which is super exciting. That's pretty darn neat. 
Yes. I'm, so we will we will have our own dedicated website that is neither Tumblr nor WordPress. We'll probably use the WordPress engine, but will not be WordPress.com. Uh, no, we're actually going to have a like a legitimate uh, a legitimate website. Yeah, or as legitimate as you know, John and I are able to. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so an illegitimate website is what we're gonna have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and if if you want to contribute anything to our podcast, I'm not talking monetary. I'm talking content. If you write video game reviews or have thought about writing video game reviews and you want a place for them to live, we are going to have that. We are going to have video game reviews uh, actually written down. We will have our podcasts hosted there, obviously. If there are any field reports you would like to send us, just email them to us at unqualifiedpodcast at gmail.com. We can feature them in future podcasts. Uh, I'm going to be creating a lot of brand new video game memes for the website because we'll have that little component. So it won't be a giant website, but there will be a decent amount of content on it for you to go and check out what other unqualified gamers are doing. So... And it's thanks exciting. for thanks for hanging with us for so long. I mean, it's uh, it's been really yeah. it's been fun so far, and hopefully it uh, it stays and gets even more fun for us. So, yeah, and, I'm definitely, and hopefully, oh, go ahead. Definitely enjoy this. Yeah, I and I definitely uh, really hope I can figure out how to migrate all our files to the new website and have them remain on our iTunes feed so we don't break anything. So, the only but, thing I wish is that I didn't have to do this with you. But otherwise, like the yeah, like this is, it's been a lot of fun. We'll we'll try and ha- we'll probably have some more guests in December because uh, I've got a little extra free time on the weekends. So any weekends you don't have to work, we'll grab some guests and it'll be a good time. Yeah, I guess it'll be great. a really good time. Uh, I want to close with my little sister's review of the Legend of Zelda. A Link Between Worlds. Okay, and she, I mean, she is a hardcore gamer, right? Not a gamer. Not a gamer. She, okay, so she plays all of the latest video games. Does not play video games really in any way. Has seen me play many, but has never been a gamer. I, I was unaware that she even was aware that Zelda was kind of a thing. I knew that because I talk about it, but but no. Uh, Here is the text message I received from her yesterday. And I quote, I just saw a... She doesn't talk like that. And I quote, I just saw a Zelda commercial that I have serious issues with. In this game, he can turn into chalk drawing to get around cliffs and wall edges. I'm sorry, but that's just bull****. (laughs) So I go, no, it's f***ing awesome. And she goes, I think it's cheap. It's a cheap cheat and it bastardizes the game. And then she said something else, and I said, I can't tell if you're trolling me or just drunk. But either way, my 3DS is my friend. You're not allowed to talk to her, I mean it, like that. And she goes, well, I'm not drunk, and I don't know what trolling is. I'm not talking shit about your 3DS, but I am talking shit about the dirty shit she lets inside of her. Hashtag whore. So she wrote the Destructoid review? Yeah, pretty much. So apparently uh, not a fan of the uh, 3D Zelda that in which you can turn into a chalk drawing. Well, dirty whores. Yeah. Maybe show up for Destructoid someday and she can talk about how Zelda games are dirty whores. Dirty whores. Thank you very much, listener. No, thank you very much, listener. No, thank you, listener. Wait a minute. Thank you, listener gamers. 
it got it it was done. You it got so bad. It got so bad towards the end. You got gamers. Hold on. What about here? Let's how about um Google idiom search gamers. 